0: You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFanion. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be. By putting myself in the center of things or even my kids, I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-Centered Mom. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the God-Centered Mom Podcast. Today, I am honored to get to share with you the fabulous Kristen Welch. Kristen um, has been writing online for a while. She writes at We Are That Family. She's also a writer at Encourage, and um, she's traveled with Compassion International. She is a mom to three, and she is just like if you're a mom – She and me, we are just a mom, but she is doing so much with that just a mom title. So welcome, Kristen, to the God Center Mom Podcast. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for being here and sharing your story with us.
1: I'm glad to be here.
0: And I didn't say in the intro that the newest thing going on in your life right now is that you have a book coming out. Yes. When does that officially launch? When does it get out in people's hands? May 1st. May 1st. Okay. So y'all this week, I think you're listening to this on Monday. So this
1: week, get your copy and it is called. Rhinestone Jesus saying yes to God when sparkly safe faith is no longer enough. Okay. And it's such a great title. I don't Thank know. you.
0: Kristen and I met in October face to face and um, she was telling me about this title. And you know, it's one of those that you go, huh? What does that mean? You want to tell everyone what, what the rhinestone Jesus, where that name came from?
1: Yes. When I was in high school, I, uh, wore a rhinestone Jesus, like a lapel pin on my clothes, um, in high school. And I was actually, I still am an introvert and it was sort of my way of wearing my faith. Um, and even, uh, Towards the end of high school, I won an award. They gave out these silly awards, and I won the Rhinestone Jesus Award. And (sighs) and I felt sort of mocked for my faith, but I also was very proud that that was sort of what I was known for in school. So that's where the title comes from. And you –
0: so this book, it starts off telling your story, talking about you wearing this pen in high school – and yes. I wasn't expecting it to tell your whole story, but it goes into your whole story, how you met your husband, your marriage, young kids. Yeah. I mean, you tell your whole story in this. And it's its actually what I love about it is that as a reader, if we just saw the end of the book, we would think, wow, that Kristen, she is way, like, I could never do what Kristen did. Because... Right. I mean, there must be something like extra amazing about her that I don't have to be able to follow Jesus the way she did. But you're very vulnerable in sharing that. I mean, I'm not saying this to be bad, but that you're pretty average. Like, yeah. (laughs) No,
1: thank you for saying that. No, like that
0: you got married and you had the same marriage struggles that I I mean, I, I felt like I could totally relate to your stories. Um
1: yeah, and that's why, you know, when I didn't really want to write this book, um, mainly because I am busy, and and I thought, you know, I've told so much of my story online, and I don't really have time to do this, but I really felt compelled. I felt like it was an act of obedience, because so many women, so many mothers, when they saw the end of the story, because that's what people see, what you present today, they would say to me I couldn't I could never do this because you know I am just a mom and um I knew that I had to pull back the curtains and show people the broken pieces that God had redeemed Mm -hmm. and that he had taken a lot of shattered dreams and a lot of average living and a lot of saying no and put those together and that my life was a mess, and that um, he didn't wait for me to clean up my act. He didn't wait for me to have a a perfect presentation of what life could be. He he wanted me to say yes right in the middle of all that brokenness, and I felt like it was a you know to tell the story. I had to tell the whole story, and so that's why I started way back.
0: Yeah. And you touch on places where people might have their own hurt. You touch on, you know, you and your husband both went to Bible college. So -hmm. there was, you did have some knowledge basis, um, for ministry. You both served in the church at several different churches. And in some cases were hurt. Can I say hurt by the church?
1: Yes, definitely. Um,
0: and you, and you could have given up, You could have stopped and said, that's enough. Um, and maybe you felt like, I don't know, did you feel like you did?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did. I, I I look back at my life and I was just telling someone yesterday, they were kind of asking about some of the pieces that I, you know, don't go into in the book. Mm. Um, and this was just over lunch. It was just a personal conversation with a friend and she was like, you know, what do you call that time? And I said, well, for a long time, actually until I wrote this book and processed it and God brought so much healing in writing it out. I called those my wasted years because mm. I was so, I felt like beat up by the world and the church that I didn't want to do anything. Mm. And, um, I did nothing except try to figure out how to decorate my house cuter and, um, get more of the American dream. You know, mm. I'm like, we deserve this because mm. we, we've done this and this for god and and we're you know we're regu- ready to live like regular people and have a four o one k and yeah. <laughs> you know move out of our starter home and but i I refer to those as my wasted years because I didn't do anything, but it's during that time where I felt you know looking back now those wasted years that's where God was really doing something in me he was preparing me for a dream it was very fertile ground and um and so i don't think we have wasted years honestly i think god uses everything he uses every choice you know even when we misstep he uses that to create the mosaic of our lives and um yeah so when well, you you were you had um
0: two children closer together, right? Mm-hmm. You had two. And um, and then several years you had another. But it was through those young, the young kid years, probably that you had stories and that your husband prompted you to start writing, right?
1: Yeah, I, I've always wanted to be a writer. You know, I grew up, that's what I would tell everyone, I'm going to be a writer one day. I loved writing, you know, I had an eighth grade teacher tell me, um, just inspire me to want to be a writer. Um, but I honestly don't feel like I had a lot of a story to write, Mm -hmm. you know, I was living my story. And so I was a discouraged writer, um, until I was probably in my mid thirties, you know, I just, um, felt rejected, a rejected writer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my husband saw that potential in me and just believed in me. And, um, he actually bought my first laptop when I, I had just had our third child in, um, encourage me to, to pursue that dream again.
0: Cause what I love about that is
1: it, you know, through those years
0: that we call wasted years, or, I, you know, I interviewed a, a friend from college on a podcast, um, a few weeks ago, and she had, she had served in ministry and kind of lost that fire, but what brought her out of it and what seemed to bring you out of it was a, a giftedness and a spark and a dream that had been placed for a while so something yes. that you really have always enjoyed doing but but it had kind of lost touch with it during those years
1: yeah it was definitely dormant and yeah. um and I when I would think about it which wasn't very often because then I just got so you know life is so yeah. busy especially with young children and I felt almost um disappointed in myself that I wasn't fulfilling that dream, but I just didn't have, um, the time or the desire. I don't think it had totally died, Mm -hmm. but it had definitely, it was definitely in a dormant place that, you know, I wasn't pursuing it. Um, and do you think like a lot of
0: moms, I think I went through this season, um, with young kids where it was all kids and I felt super uber guilty if I did anything for me. Like it should, that whole put your mask on first thing. Oh, that sounds all nice and cozy. But no, like it was all for my kids. This is what I quit my job to do. And um, it's really important that I'm reading to them all the time and putting them in kinder music. And so I kind of put anything that I found important off to the side.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm processing a lot right now for another writing project. And I feel like. Um I did that. I had a I think what I thought I was doing was being an intentional parent, but w- really I was creating a child-centered home. Yeah. Um yeah. And it wasn't healthy for my kids or for me. Yeah. And um I think it's just such a delicate balance because kids are consuming and motherhood and parenting is so consuming especially with young children. And it's so hands-on, and the days are so long. Um, the years are very short, though, and I think that we pour ourselves into that. Um, and there's, I mean, that is our calling. That is what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, we lose ourselves to motherhood. And I think it's okay to not um, forget about ourselves.
0: And um, Well, and the message that, like, I, you know, the whole point of really the podcast and my blog is that the God to follow God and you can, you can follow God's callings of motherhood and follow God's calling that he put in your, in your DNA from the womb mm-hmm. that you can do both and do them well together. And that's one thing I love about your story. Cause it's something, you know, I, I interviewed, um, Amanda White and how she kind of did her, wrote her, um, truth in the tinsel mm-hmm. Christmas curriculum while working with her kids. Like she was in the midst of it. And then, um, Tricia Goyer, how she homeschooled and wrote her novels while her kids were there and worked with them on plots and character development. Yeah. It wasn't like setting. There wasn't like a hard line. And so for you, um, we haven't even told the listeners yet if they don't know your story, what your in game was, but the, but the way you got to, where you are today was through your writing and being invited to go on a trip. Yes, and and was it hard for you to say yes to go on that trip? I mean, yes. <laughs> you mentioned that there was it's hard for you to fly. I know as moms, we never want to leave our kids because we feel like they're only safe if they're in our presence. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Walk us through saying that yes.
1: Yeah, stars. I my youngest was only two years old. Oh my stars! It was very uh, actually the first trip, the first compassion trip that I was invited to i turned down i just okay. didn't i knew i think deep down that it was going to change my life mm. that it had to change my life that my life needed to change I mean, And where I was, was that trip gonna go it was i believe um honduras or i think it was honduras or guatemala isn't that amazing though Like even in you
0: saying the no, I think that that takes a lot of wisdom. You talk about saying yes in your mess, but you also talk about what we have to say no to in order to say yes. And I think even opportunities that look like you said, I knew I needed to change. I knew God needed to do something. But if you'd said yes to that, totally different story.
1: Oh, totally different. And Yeah. yeah, but it was preparation definitely because it got me thinking and it scared me and I started really subconsciously processing what would that look like?
0: Mm.
1: What would that mean? And without knowing that there would be another invitation six months later and that it would be to Africa, which was (laughs) for me personally, I mean, I had been to South America. I'd never been as far away as Africa. And, um, so yeah, getting on that airplane without, I didn't know a soul. Mm. Um, I was, I think I was the only blogger that didn't have a spouse with me. Wow. Um, it, it was terrifying. Like I, I trembled getting on the plane. Um, probably one of the hardest yeses of my life, leaving my family and going into an unknown, very far away place that was so out of my control. Um, so yeah, that was, that was hard. Little did I know (laughs) that it would be the, the open door to many much harder, much, um, more life changing uh, yeses, but I really believe that's how God works. I think we say yes in the daily, every day mundane. Yes, I'm going to take neighbor uh, food to this neighbor. Yes, I'm going to mentor this mother. Yes, I'm going to write this blog post. I'm going to send that note. Mm. It, those yeses add up and they are part of our journey. And, you know, my journey led me to saying yes to traveling to Africa with Compassion International, and that swung open the door to other questions that God asked me. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? And now I'm kind of a yes addict. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, and, and what's also great about your book is that um, with, with being – you're very real. You don't sugarcoat it. You don't say, and I feel great, and I jumped on that plane, and it was awesome, and God is amazing, and you like – walk us through your emotions. You let us know where you felt sad. You let us know where you were disgusted by the stench, the smells of the slums you walk through. Because sometimes I think we, th- we think people that go internationally and do amazing things internationally. Well, they have like some superhero coding, some like special layers that keep them impervious to fleshly reactions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the fact that you are, honest with saying nope lots of anxiety nope terrified nope didn't want to go and yet I did doesn't give us any excuses
1: no and as a matter of fact I was in Kenya in December yeah I'm going back in June with my family both times I have panic attacks while I'm there I am on anti-anxiety medicine I'm allergic to the malaria medicine that I take Mm. Which gives me horrible dreams, and I mean, it's still a struggle. Yeah, there's no like magic formula. Now that I've said yes to God, it's easy. Yeah, it's still very, very challenging. And I think it's important that we're real about that. Yeah, you know, I, I'm mothering a teenager now. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new ball game. I mean, it's hard. A teenage girl. Different. A teenage yeah, girl, teenage right? Girl. Yeah who's who's a lov- lovely woman young woman and just going to change the world but we're still dealing with you know fashion crisis and yeah you know those things every day just like everyone else and i think it's important that people understand that people who change the world are just like you know people regular everyday people who have every, everyday heroes right it's not like a superhero heroes. Yeah. Right. Just real struggles in real life. And we're all very inadequate. Yeah,
0: that's great. And, and
1: I think the reason I, I think the reason God uses ordinary people, I mean, I'm convinced it's because he receives the glory. Yeah. You know, and and that's really the message of the book is, yes, look at my life. Look how ordinary and sinful and just regular we are. So that when you see the end of this story and you see what God's done and you're amazed like we are, it's very clear that Kristen Welch had so little to do with this. It is the power of a mighty God. It has re- really s- very little to do with one mom.
0: And and I saw. Um, have you ever seen Josh McDowell's biography movie? It's like a documentary. No, I it's haven't. Like a drama. It's awesome. But he tells his story and it's a hard story of a mm-hmm. very, very large mother, like morbidly obese mother and an alcoholic father and just years of hard things and car accidents. And he got to a point where he's like, he felt like he needed to have it all together to be used by God. And finally he said, God, I don't have anything to give you, but what I have, you can use. And he surrendered that and he's written what over 200 books Right. Um, served with a crew and But it's that, it's saying, God, I don't, what I have doesn't feel like much. I'm just a mom, Mm -hmm. but, um, you can use me. And so you went to Ah. Africa, you saw the conditions, your heart broke in a million pieces. Yeah. I think that we couldn't, you couldn't turn back, um, away from that. And, but you didn't just stop there. You move forward and the book chronicles all of this amazingly. And really y'all, if you're listening, you should Mm -hmm. read it because you can see God's hand through the whole thing. You share blog posts, Kristen, of working your way through it, and it's awesome. But just tell us, what did you end up starting over in Kenya?
1: Well, I think that first I wanted to say that, you know, the odds of everyone listening going to Africa is probably <laughs> not high. Yeah. Um, and I think that God can use anything to redeem us. Um, my husband— started this nonprofit with me without ever having touched a foot in Africa. Mm. Um, The nonprofit was over a year old before he ever went. And I think that's because God had used something else to redeem him. Mm. And he was way ahead of me. And God had to take me to Africa to get me on the same page with my husband. And so God can use a sick child. He can use debt. He can use motherhood. He can use anything to redeem us and to get us back on track, I think, so that we can start saying yes right where we are. Um, But for me, it was Kenya. And um, it is a part of my story. And, you know, after I had seen what I I saw there, I knew that I had to respond. Um, And I think every time we go through a crisis or that our perspective changes, we're enlightened in some way through marriage struggles or whatever it is. We mm. we respond. Mm. We either keep doing what we've always done, which is a response, or we do something different, and that's a response. And so I knew that my response wasn't to continue my life the way I had been living it. Yeah, I was convinced of that. I didn't know what the response was going to be, and it and I kind of chronicle that journey in the book, just trying to process, okay, God, what are you saying to us? What, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a clear, it wasn't very clear. We had very few clues. Um, but I believe that God, but your husband
0: to- asked some great questions. He said, what he did you did. see that was doing? That was well, was doing, they were doing well.
1: Yes. Focus, on the, was- Focus yeah. on the good.
0: Focus on the good.
1: When I returned, he got back a totally different person. And I think that terrified him. He was like okay, um, you're not the same woman and I've got to help you figure out who the new you is. And he definitely, God used him to help me figure that out. And we figured it out together. Um, but the response ended up and it's a long story, but in a nutshell, um, we felt like God was asking us to, um, start a maternity home in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, called Mercy House. That actually, our model is to empower local uh, Kenyans to help girls living in extreme poverty who have been um, who've gotten pregnant through rape or prostitution for food, and really become a home, uh, family to them, and walk in life uh, with them through their pregnancy and they're becoming a mother and keep those families together. We, the goal is not to have an orphanage or adopt the babies out. We really want to help the moms keep their children. Mm. A lot of the girls that we have in the home are orphaned themselves. And so, um, they don't have anyone else in the world. And so our staff becomes really their true family and home. And, um, their babies become a lifeline that actually God uses to help heal them. And so uh, that we actually started that in 2010, uh, about six months after my trip to Kenya. Wow. And I
0: can't go on without mentioning a vital person. Well, a whole organization, Compassion, I will put them yes. in the show notes. Um, we we sponsor, you all sponsor 10 children? Yes. Yeah. 10. That's that you chose to do and you were going forward with an adoption and chose to do that instead, which is a really, I think an interesting whole conversation itself, but there was one gal that you met who had been sponsored herself and who had gone through the compassion leadership program. And her name is Maureen and she is vital to everything you're doing in mercy house. And I couldn't, the thing that I told you, I couldn't stop thinking about was the family that sponsored her. Right. Their choice to say yes to a monthly commitment of sponsoring a child brought that girl and grew her up in a healthy place through a leadership program to where now she's helping these pregnant moms. Yes.
1: yes. And she's I- changing the world and it it's you know, we really strongly believe in the work of compassion. Um, and the unbelievable impact that they have. And they've been a huge resource and help to us in starting the home there. And, um, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. The, the way that it's all come together, you know, just the way that we met on a compassion blogging trip. And, um, Maureen actually just sponsored. She and her husband just sponsored their first child. And oh. just the way it, it all comes full cycle. And I actually just emailed yesterday for our trip in June. We, we try to see a compassion child when we go to Kenya. Um, I mean, we're, we're still huge advocates of the organization because it, it's such a – it's an easy yes. I mean, it really is. It's low commitment. You know, you write a letter. It's $38 a month. But it's such a profound impact on not only that child but your family.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, so it's a huge part of the Mercy House story. Um, and, and we strongly recommend, you know, starting there. Yeah. And, um, I think that,
0: you know, we're talking about Kenya and we're talking about compassion and we're talking about, you know, you're not just a mom and these choices of saying yes, wherever you are and the impact they can have. And, um, you and I were talking about how there can be some that hear the story and they think that it has to look exactly like yours and they want to jump in on your story. And you kind of address this in the book. You talk about, um, we'll go ahead and mention the mother. What did Mother Teresa? What was her quote?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know word for word. <laughs> I, I could <laughs> find it, but something yeah. like "Go find your own Calcutta." Yeah, and uh, I kind of feel that you know, go find your own Mercy House. I, I think that we, you know, Mercy House exists because other mothers said yes with us, and it's almost entirely more than 95, 96% funded by moms who said yes with us. So we, we appreciate that and we love that. And we want more moms to say yes with us, but, um, you know, this is what our yes to God looks like. And there's no, um, guilt or, um, you know, motivation for yours to look exactly the same. It won't. Your yes won't look the same because you're not the same people, but that doesn't mean God doesn't have a yes for you. I really firmly believe that every single person has a purpose and God is asking them something and it could be just, you know, please do the laundry today. That could be your yes. Um, It's wherever he places. It's not an accident. You know, we don't know where to start, but we should start right where we are.
0: And if you're in in those years, like you described as the wasted years, to have hope that he hasn't forgotten about you, that he's planting the seeds that will grow in the time that he has planned for you. And um, you and I were talking about how great Terrell was with supporting you through all of this. Like you said, he hadn't seen Africa for an entire year, but he just jumped on board. He's encouraged you to start writing. He's been such a support to you through all of this. And what encouragement do you have for a mom who's sitting there thinking, I could never do this. One, my, my husband isn't saved. Or two, he, this isn't his heart. He doesn't follow after God, even though he, we go to church together. What encouragement would you have for that mom?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, don't give up and don't wish for someone else's yes. Because um, right where you are is where God wants you to be. And, um, he sometimes wants us to focus on our own, you know, our priority is always our family after God and, um, you know, loving our, our spouse and our children is our highest calling. And, um, if I had only, you know, if my yes had never led to starting Mercy House, um, I wouldn't be sorry that I said yes to my family and put them first, because that is the most important thing. You know, I don't want to gain the whole world and and lose my soul, and I don't want to do these phenomenal things and lose my family. And I think that you know, just simply serving our spouses, even if they're not believers, um, you know the that quiet testimony of "I'm going to love you to Jesus is a powerful one and you know, um god I, i'm standing proof that god can rescue a marriage in trouble and i think that um he can do anything with anyone and so don't give up
0: and uh, i think too looking at you know our families our first calling i, I i've kind of talking about this before but all the benefits to our family for serving together you go through it as well that our family doesn't suffer because we serve they actually can benefit greatly in the perspective that it gives um we've done simple things like you know i'm sure if you have any university close to you there are students who are from other countries who've never been in an american home and you just invite them over for dinner you go you take them to a baseball game um, you just have them do life with you already, and it's amazing um, the effects it can have on your, your kids and how they can have international perspective just come right into their house. Definitely. Um, we've worked with refugees through our church. You know, that's a big focus of our church, and um, there was a season where I, like, my ref- the girl that I meet with who's a refugee, she would be calling me, and I was going through a hard time postpartum. And I, there was this, how can I tell her, how can I tell her that, you know, I'm just not feeling like myself right now when she has been kicked out of her country mm-hmm. and her family's living overseas and she has nothing. It was like, it pulled me out Yeah, to, ha- to have that perspective. For, yeah. For someone else. Um, so I think yeah. sometimes even if you're in like the pit, <laughs> the pit to think that. Well, I can't serve right now. I can't give to anyone because I have nothing to give. You even mention it. You're not the one giving. They're giving to you. You are the benefit of you are the beneficiary of of the grace and, and the joy um by giving up what you think you can't.
1: Yes, and that's been a huge testimony in our lives that um you know, we thought we were helping and doing And, you know, we were on the outside. We were definitely putting our hand to the plow. But the change that has happened in us through that and how it's altered our future and the perspective that it's given my family. And I still have very normal kids who, who do crazy things. And we're still learning. I mean, my kids are still young. So I'm not saying I have it figured out. But it is it's really amazing to watch them compare themselves to other kids here, maybe something that they want or, and then watch that light turn on when they realize, okay, if I'm going to compare myself to someone who has something, I've got to compare myself with someone who has nothing Mm. because they've seen kids who have nothing. Yeah. And so that perspective has made them more balanced and, and, uh, you know that alone has been invaluable. It's been very altering for our home.
0: When you're and you're real about that in the book too, about how you know you would just get back from Africa and you, and they would be fighting over something. You'd say, "Why aren't you more grateful?" And and really recognizing that God is changing their hearts, but they're still human, and we're still human, exactly. and we're still processing all that this means to see such extreme poverty exactly. and be, be given so much. Right. Wow, Kristen you thank you for saying yes thank you for being real about your journey and for inspiring us all to consider what dreams we have what things what gifts god's put in our hearts and in ourselves and in our families and all that we've been given and how we are richly blessed even if we feel like our salaries don't reflect it and um i just i just am praying that whoever's listening that y'all would um get her book and she has great um unpinned little prompters at the end of each chapter to kind of get you thinking and answer some questions. And, uh, I hope you were blessed by it. So thank you, Kristen, so much for sharing with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And good luck with a book launch. That is exciting for someone who's always wanted to write a book. That's a big deal. It's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work. Yeah. Y'all just stop and pray for Kristen right now and pray for her family as they... They go on this new adventure of writing a book. And we can't wait to see what happens with Mercy House and all the exciting. Y'all follow um, We Are That family. I'll put all these links in the show notes at GodCenterMom.com to see what God is doing next with Mercy House because he just keeps, wow, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. But thank you again, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that He sees your service and He is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.